Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The last episode of the year of what is and has been a tremendous year for Mysteries of the Unexplained. It's me, Annie. I'm your host for this Christmassy, Christmassy episode. And I am joined by my little Christmas elf, Will. Hi, Will. Hi. Hello. How are you? Season's greetings to you all. I hope you're all stressed off your heads. <laughs> I was just saying to Will that I had to go and do a bit of Christmas shopping for the mother today. And holy Lord, it was like Armageddon. It was like Day of the yeah. Triffids. I was just trying to get a few loaves of bread and oh my god I felt like I was in a fucking war zone and I hear that you got sent out to do a few Christmas messages yourself Will. I did and I also experienced Armageddon and um, a certain calibre of human being that would cut the ankles off you with a trolley (laughs) but sure I live to tell the tale and I'm here now and I have all my shopping done and sure listen all we can do now is just get alcohol into us if you wanted to. Well that is what I did. Yeah, at about six o'clock, I said to Dave, let's watch some Sex in the City, the new episodes. Yes, please, let's do that. And me and Will have just spent 45 minutes discussing that. You don't want to hear it. And I started pouring wine. At that time, it is now half nine. So I might have had a few drinks, but sure, it's only going to make me more interesting, you know. You are definitely the Miranda of the podcasting world, as we'll... As we'll find out. Absolutely. I, I was trying to, I was, I was like, yes, I was like, are they trying to point to something? Will is further ahead in the episodes um, than I am. Uh, not, oh shit, I forgot that. Yeah. Not going to go, no, not going to go on about it, but I was a sex in the city whore back in the day. Loved it, hated the films, was very, very um, trepidatious about starting the new episodes but I, so far I don't know if it's the wine or me talking here but I think that they're very watchable and if you run out of things to watch over Christmas I think that it's a gore. It is a gore it is yes Annie it's worth watching. 
uh, go where like yourself. I want to say a special thank you to all of you who have supported us this year um, on Mysteries of the Unexplained. It has been another year from the netherworld, but uh, we're doing quite well. And thanks to all the new reviews that came in lately. And um, I'm going to read a few of them to you here now. This comes in from a very, very loyal listener. It says, Spooky stories and awesome friends. Will and Annie slash Annie and Will are the best. The only problem with them is that some crabby listeners must be sniffing glue before listening to them, making some <laughs> listener think that they are dull. Ah! Annie and Will's trash talking and laughing are what makes this show stand out from the others. It's not boring detailed dribble and the accents are on point my favourite it's like sitting around with friends now I have to give you a bit of backstory here this loyal listener may have been replying to a one star review (laughs) calling us dull last week it was like one star dull shit and we were like oh the Christmas Grinch has come to visit but listen we're not just the type of show that only shows you the positives we did get a one star review and I'm going to say to that little reviewer you can shove that pointy star up your fucking arse because we don't care it must have been the Grinch that came along and did that Um, yeah that was kind of gas but surely listen (laughs) I think we are pretty dull in fairness so they're probably quite accurate and if you look into the review uh, read it quite closely it's actually very very accurate um, there is podcasts that do better than us, and we just we there do just laugh at is. each other. So, um, so yes, um, we don't have a Christmas leg to stand on. To tell you the truth, no, we actually don't. That lovely review came in from Demon Jen Jen, and we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you and so much for your review. We got another little one from McLovin that gave us five stars and says, "Love the show, very funny." So, what we're gonna do, like most people who try to deny reality, is that we're just gonna take the good reviews and we're just gonna pretend that the bad ones didn't happen and just continue on because what you going to do? <laughs> well in fairness that's only our uh, what, our, maybe our, I think it might be in our first like one star written review I'm sure been there's been first. a few one stars like that don't write <laughs> um, but sure listen we welcome all reviews because this gives us awesome feedback you know yourself Thanks so much we'll be doing absolutely nothing differently Now speaking of Christmas weirdos I have a strange little Christmas story to tell you today and I've been holding this one in my back pocket for a little while because it's a particularly Christmas story and I wanted to tell you the story of the Warminster thing. Have you heard of the Warminster thing Will? No I haven't this is a new one to me Annie. Most of your stories are hunt bun. (laughs) We'll hold on to your little Christmas knickers because here we go. It was early in the morning of Christmas Day in the quaint little town of Warminster, England. Marjorie By had woken up early that day. She had plenty to get ready before mass. The oven would soon need to be heated up if the turkey was going to be ready in time for lunch. After attending to her chores in the kitchen, she donned her Christmas best and left the house. At around 6am to make her way to church, At this time of winter in England, it would still have been pitch black outside. The air was cold and the small streets of the little town were pretty much deserted. As she began walking along the street to a nearby church, she suddenly began to hear some unsettling noises in the region of Bell Hill. As she approached the church, the air about her filled with menacing sound. Sudden vibrations came overhead chilling in intensity, descending on her savagely, and caught her in a grip of steel, a peculiar droning, 
Before I had reached the church wall, shockwaves of violent force pounded at my head, neck and shoulders, and numbed me. I was pinned down by invisible fingers of sound, wailing, whining, droning, frightening. I like <laughs> ing on the end of words, apparently. <laughs> What happened to Marjorie had shocked her greatly, making it difficult for her to reach the sanctuary of the church. And by the time she had reached it, she was in quite a state indeed. At precisely the same time, another local called Roger Rump, Warminster's head postmaster, heard noises almost identical to those described by Mrs. By. His house was not far from Christchurch, the exact church Marjorie was headed to. He described the noise as a, a terrific chatter, as though the roof tiles were being rattled about and plucked off by some tremendous force. Then came a scrambling sound, as if they were being loudly slammed back into place. I could hear an odd humming tone. It was most unusual. It lasted no more than a minute. Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Roger Rump, for that tremendous testimony. Marjorie's story, along with the reports of numerous other witnesses, were reported to local authorities that very day. But they wouldn't make them into the paper until the new year in 1965. Even then, the story was shoved to a back page where it served as filler mostly, but by the year's end it would end up becoming the Warminster Journal's most popular and talked about story. Another piece of fascinating testimony soon came to light. At 1.25am on that very Christmas morning 1964, Mrs Mildred Head was awoken by a strange noise. Our sailing came alive with strange sounds that lashed at our roof. I'm an American living in the UK and I love it because I'm a mini celebrity at this time in life. I don't know how this woman had ended up in Warminster in 1964, but she did and she was from Texas. You can check the records. Little local celebrity. (laughs) At first, it sounded as if twigs were scratching on her roof and then as if giant hailstones were raining down. She got up and went to the window. The night was dry and clear. She could see nothing unusual. She did, however, notice... A strange humming sound which grew louder and then faded away, (laughs) except for a faint whisper. A low whistling or wheezing like my grandpappy. He used to wheeze like god-awful hail. Used to keep us up all night. By the way, we're having a small Christmas market. If y'all want to come down, it's going to run until the end of Christmas Eve and run until about 8pm. And there's going to be a lot of mulled wine and kind of trinkets for y'all. Okay. Thank you, Texan lady living in Warminster 1964. More and more residents from that area began to correspond with the local paper, with more than 30 people writing in the following days and weeks. Many claimed to have heard similar sounds that Christmas morning and verified that Marjorie Boy was telling the truth. A local reporter named Arthur Shuttlewood began compiling a dossier of the various reports over the next year or so. With every passing day, the offices of the Warminster Journal became flooded with alleged encounters of the third kind. Dozens claimed to have had odd experiences of their own, many of which emanated from bizarre sounds. 
but some began reporting odd sightings also. Bright and bizarre objects in the sky were beginning to appear regularly to locals and soon the story was all the residents could talk about. Descriptions of these bizarre objects in the sky varied from metallic orbs to cigar-shaped crafts. Along with most of these sightings were reporting of odd sounds which varied from booms to other kinds of bizarre droning or whizzing. Some witnesses also described their cars failing after seeing one of these things in the sky, while others reported their animals responding oddly. In particular, dogs seemed to be heavily affected by these UFOs. Now at this time, Warminster was an English town of about 10,000 people. It is located on the edge of the Salisbury Plain military training area, about 15 miles from the famous Stonehenge prehistoric stone circle in Wiltshire, southwest England. Nothing apart from its proximity to Stonehenge particularly set it apart. Perhaps aside from the fact that there was a military base nearby. A handful of residents attempted to take photos of the flying objects. But as you can imagine, this was easier said than done. Now, I will say, Will, that there are some very, I won't say sketchy photos. I don't mean sketchy in the fact that I think that they're like, mightn't be true. I'm sure they're photos from the time. But, you know, like cameras back in 1964, like they left a lot to to be desired. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I Yeah, I can imagine blurry is god awful hell. Um, yeah. No focus whatsoever. No focus whatsoever. No. Their distance. No. And um, colour wouldn't be the best I'd say no no such thing as a flash either so you know you're trying to take you're trying to take pictures of these things in the sky but have you ever tried to take a picture of the moon or stars like it just doesn't like it never it it never really does it any justice could be anything it could be anything but I will post them for your scientific brains to sleuth out whether they are true or false more information on the hearings and sightings began to come to light and it seems that strange things were happening around Warminster much earlier than that Christmas day 1964. Flying Saucer Review, a very reputable source I will say, reported that in November 1961 four witnesses near Warminster saw a UFO leaving a trail of sparks with other similar things being reported throughout the year of 1963 into 1964. Most of the sightings in Warminster happened in the region around Cradle Hill and Clay Hill, next to Salisbury Plain. Clay Hill in particular would become a popular attraction for UFO enthusiasts because of its own unique history. An old Iron Age hill fort sits at the top of Clay Hill. An ancient Anglo-Saxon folklore claimed that the hill had been formed by the devil himself. Paired with the region's proximity to Stonehenge, it's easy to see why many were drawn to Clay Hill in the wake of these sightings. Sometime later that Christmas morning, over 30 soldiers at Nook Camp, about four miles from Warminster, were rudely awoken by a loud noise. A sergeant told Arthur Shuttlewood that the sound was similar to that of a huge chimney stack being ripped from a roof and being scattered in pieces across the whole of the camp. The guard was alerted, but nothing developed beyond the extraordinary sound. We do know that by August 1965, it is claimed that there had been at least 49 witnesses to the sounds. Over the course of time, the noise phenomenon receded and the visual phenomenon took its place to become the most important element of the Warminster phenomenon. The Warminster thing became a UFO. 
Now, the most spectacular of these noise events happened on August the 17th, 1965. A detonation never so far explained, as Shuttlewood would describe it, rocked the houses on the Boreham Field housing estate. One local, Walter Curtis, described it as A huge blast. A a whole series of jolts and explosions were felt underfoot. The biggest explosion I have ever heard. I think Walter has had a few drinks of 1965 and it is quite right too. A man was allowed to come in from a hard day's work and have a few sherries. His wife added that was so the, the, the gas main right right beside opposite us had blown up a tremendous roar. <laughs> I feel like this wife is getting a bit better around the place. I don't want to cast any aspersions on this people's marriage, but like she sounds pretty scared and I don't know if it's all about the fucking explosion. No, don't let Walter hear you say anything bad about him. He just likes to have a little tipple in the evening. Yes. David Pinnell, on hearing the explosion, ran outside to see a monstrous orange flame in the sky. It was shaped like an electric bulb. By its light, I saw clearly the hills. The light faded, but then what appeared to me as a great ball of smoke with a funny yellow core floated down from the hills, crackling and hissing whenever it touched the grass or trees. Percy Westinghall describes the explosion as one hell of a bang. <laughs> I like this fella. He doesn't have much words, but he's yeah. like, holy Lord, that was some hell of a bang. That was one hell of a bang. Whoa. <laughs> His wife also noted that minor quakes seemed to follow the explosion. Another unnamed witness to the illuminated ball of smoke described its golden heart and how it was very large and shining. The ball settled in the road and gradually dispersed in straggling wisps, the fiery centre burning out as it did so. Two houses had some broken windows, but this was the only damage caused by the explosion. Well, I'm sorry now, like if my house, if my two of my mobile home windows were blown out by an explosion, I tell you, I'd fucking want to know where the explosion came from. I know where it would come from. It would have come from your anal area in the nighttime after having a fucking vegetable curry, Annie. Because I lived with you. And I know that you have tremendous power in that department <laughs> that would blow the face off a child and reveal their skull. <laughs> that is neither here nor there to do with the Warminster thing, William. Thank you. As time rolled on, the countryside was full of enthusiasts and sceptics alike who were hoping to either prove or disprove their belief in the extraterrestrial. And with them came the expected procession of witnesses who described seeing a thing in the sky. Some rumours included reports of entire flocks of pigeons being killed at once as if they had been snuffed out in midair and then dropped to the ground. There were also rumours that rats had been found in the region, having been mutilated prior to their death. According to local gossip, these rodents had been found with large puncture wounds, which were totally unexplained. Now, I like I did come across this in uh, the research for this story. But by the way, like it was probably a cat. Like I'm not giving that like much (laughs) 
rodents with puncture wounds like probably a cat did you ever think it might be the local moggy I'm not going to give that much credence I'm I'm going to go with UFO vampire aliens that fly in the sky and then attack rats any thanks I don't (laughs) believe in this whole cat theory Most of these reports were perpetuated by a local man named David Halton, who also had a bit of a reputation for being a crank. So we can assume that most of these rumours were completely unfounded, or else it was the cash. But for what it's worth, these rumours seem to really get at the area's residents, who had become fully immersed in the craze surrounding their town. This was unlike anything that the small town Warminster had ever seen. By the August of 1965, the population of Warminster had soared to nearly 18,000, essentially doubling it in a very short period of time. Many of these short-term residents were packing the town's hotels and motels, simply wanting to get a taste of the UFO craze. Despite authorities planning to make a statement, their plans were changed at the last minute and a town hall meeting that had been called with a view to finding answers ended up turning into an hour-long session for residents to voice their concerns and describe what they had personally seen, which only served to stir the near hysteria even further. I can imagine this though, do you know when you're like, okay, we're going to call a town meeting to talk about unexplained events that may be due to A, B or C and they'd be like, I mm. saw a blatant UFO. It was the fucking size of a giraffe. Like, got out of hand fairly quickly, I'd say there. Oh yeah, after like the second speaker had their account, I'd say bells and whistles had been added on to things to outdo <laughs> the other person's story. And then by the end of it, they were like, Martians came down they're actually living with me and they've sucked my blood dry and I'm not even real this is my ghost you know totally totally. Gordon Faulkner was a local factory worker that enjoyed photography who claimed to take a photo of a flying saucer-like craft in the summer of 1965. Um, I've looked into this guy's claim I will also post the picture for you on the group and on the Patreon um Later on, they didn't know if Gordon Faulkner was just wanting, you know, a little bit of courting by the press. Um, He Mm -hmm. uh, stuck to the story that the photograph was true. They don't know if it was a hoax or not. See, this is the thing. Like, you get people jumping on the bandwagon, Will. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Through to the end of the year, many continued to report sightings and sounds around the region of Warminster. In particular, people reported a number of sightings one year to the day after the rumours had started, on Christmas Day 1965, when many people reported seeing odd flying objects accompanied by strange sounds and lights in the sky. Among them, surprisingly, was none other than Arthur Shuttlewood, the editor and journalist that had almost single-handedly kicked off the area's UFO craze earlier that year. So he was the guy that the stories went to in the local paper. First of all, he was the first guy to report on it. Mm A staunch non-believer of the rumours plaguing the region, Shuttlewood's scepticism had totally faded away from that September when he claims to have had experienced a close encounter of his own. The unexplained phenomenon nicknamed the Warminster Thing continued to attract many curious onlookers and UFO enthusiasts over the coming months. The total number of sightings began to wane toward the end of 1966 
but the area of Warminster had seemed to embrace its reputation as Britain's top hotspot for unidentified flying objects, with shop owners beginning to sell specialised alien merchandise, and one resident even opening up a UFO-themed bed and breakfast. That would be so me. I'd be like, hey, listen, there's money in the area. All these yeah. people are coming from all over the country. I'd be like, be yeah, alien be B&B, here we go, get the money. I'd be cashing in on that, ching, ching, I would. I'd have alien-shaped beds, I'd have flying saucer special breakfasts I'd have the whole lot well you wouldn't believe you'd it. have I'd like be a tit like titty tashy kind of like motel <laughs> kind of cheapy cheapy <laughs> and I'd have like welcome to the UFO Ritz Carlton darling yes we're a hundred million star <gasps> do you want to sleep in an actual UFO this evening <laughs> meanwhile you'd have plastic keyring <laughs> absolutely and who'd be making the money me me me, Annie. No one wants to go to a bougie oh, alien hotel. Well, no one's going to pay big money to go to Warminster to look at the sky. Would you ever fuck to off? sleep in an actual <laughs> UFO that I will drive in space for them around the earth. Well, they're I, not going to believe would, you oh. with an alien mask on. Stop. This stuff is never executed the way it needs to be to charge those prices. You'd be in somebody's bed when they come in. <laughs> You'd be in somebody's bed when they come in. <laughs> we'll put it the public. <laughs> would you like to stay in a rat infested UFO motel with plastic <laughs> earrings? <laughs> or would you like to stay in the UFO Ritz Carlton where you sleep in an actual UFO which is driven by myself? <laughs> yours truly. Oh, oh, uh, around the earth and around the moon and went back for a, 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 a very, very, very bump-free ride where you can sleep peacefully, darling. Breakfast is from seven. We're having schnoop, 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 schnoop. <laughs> it is a delicacy on Zeta Reticuli. Or you can go down to Annie's motel. I think she's serving toast. <laughs> Please read the terms and conditions below. In fact, if you go to Warminster today, you will see an incredibly big mural adorning a wall entering the town. It consists of a series of geometric shapes set against a black sky, along with a series of extraterrestrial beings imagined by the artist. So more than 50 years on, Warminster adds to its claim as the British UFO capital. However, despite the total number of sightings beginning to dwindle after the years of 1966, there were still a number of reputable reports by reputable people. For example, in the October of 1967, more than two years after the peak of the Warminster Things popularity, two police officers had claimed to see an aircraft over the town of Devon, just a couple of hours away from Warminster. Speaking to reporters afterwards, PC Roger Willie and PC Clifford Wagott seemed convinced that they had seen something out of this world. The area remained a hotspot for odd sights and sounds. People continued to report seeing odd shapes and lights in the sky often accompanied by strange sounds. But it all seemed like more of the same. People just didn't care that much anymore. And in the mid-70s, when crop circles began to appear in the region, many attributed this not only to the mysterious thing from 1965, but to the region's proximity to Stonehenge. By the time the new millennium rolled around, many of those that had lived through the Warminster craze had long since passed away or moved on. This included Arthur Shuttlewood, the reporter that had introduced the world to the thing back in January 1965. He had passed away in 1996, having published several books about his experiences in the interim three decades. And despite actually being a staunch sceptic during most of his reporting on the thing, 
Arthur would become and remain a believer until the end. In 2015, a conference was held in Warminster to mark the 50th year anniversary of the original sightings. It had been a half century, but several UFO enthusiasts and so-called experts were in attendance, proclaiming Warminster again as the UFO British, the British UFO capital, making it, in essence, the UK's version of Roswell, New Mexico. Warminster remains a place of mystery, with sightings happening as recently as last year. In June of 2017, a video was recorded by a resident living near Clay Hill, which shows an odd light in the sky circling repeatedly. The video made international headlines and brought attention once again back to the region of the original sightings. It is still a mystery why the Warminster region became such a hotbed of UFO activity. Many factor in the near military base, the Battlesbury Barracks, as the most likely culprit. But even that remains slightly unconvincing. The barracks serve as an army infantry base, which means that it houses only people and it's very unlikely that they would be experimenting with any aircraft. Though these odd sightings and weird incidents continue to occur, to this day, odd sightings and weird incidents continue to occur in and around Warminster, albeit irregularly. There is no legitimate answer to explain why hundreds, if not thousands, of people all saw odd things in a very short period of time, many of them on one cold Christmas day, in 1964. Great. So you've just terrified us into believing that this could possibly happen to us this Christmas, Annie. <laughs> There's a lot going on, Annie, at the moment. I don't think this was good timing for you to drop um, a potential UFO invasion upon us on Christmas Day of all the days in the year. You absolute cretin. Like, look, if there's any time for it to actually happen, yeah. I mean, why not throw in for a penny, in for a pound, throw the whole lot in together. I mean, you've you've come this far, lads. You you'll be totally able <laughs> to withstand any carry on invasion. and get your no, booster. Just carry on, get your booster. You'll be fine. <laughs> I feel like that that is going to be tattooed on a lot of people. Um, you know, in the coming years, I think just uh, I I do like the. I do like the the booster of it motto. Get your booster. There was a lot of talk around the time about why it was happening on Christmas Day. Like people, I think first of all, people thought it was some kind of like Christmas Day, like prank kind of a thing. And um, the fact that it happened on the on the next Christmas Day, 1965, and it happened again. And a lot of people said mm-hmm. that they like heard all these mad sounds and saw all these strange things. Like I think at first a lot of people were like, oh, it must be the military base. Well, like this was 1964, number one. Now, I know it was kind of like um, Cold War era kind of stuff and maybe Britain had weapons in its arsenal that it hadn't disclosed to the public. I'm still I'm sure it still does. But the thing about the in, the military base that is near to this place is that like to all intents and purposes and whatever research I've done about it, it seemed very much like a quite small like infantry base. It was just like where soldiers were housed. So I like I don't it doesn't really look like they had either the manpower the money or the resources to be doing anything kind of like mad aircraft wise there not that they tell you if it were but like these kind of sound like sonic weaponry kind of crack going on here like the people said that they were knocked to the ground Mm. some other guy said he was knocked to the ground and was flailing around for like 20 minutes couldn't use his arms or his legs anymore like felt like he had been like hit by a lorry like did 
didn't know what was happening to him. And then he just got up and was like, okay, offer me Christmas dinner. <laughs> like, it was just me- Meanwhile, there was uh, some gorgeous uh, Asian family had moved to the area and were setting off to the lanterns. <laughs> yeah. um, no, money messing. Uh, no, yeah, it does seem like that they were testing out some sort of weapons and was using the base as a place to test them. Doesn't mean that they actually came from the base. Maybe that was just the, they were using it in the area from there. Yeah, Maybe. it does seem military kind of like warry weapon testing type things. Or else maybe it was just uh, like a bonafide UFOs. I think it's very, um, very interesting that it's near Stonehenge and mm-hmm. those crop circles and stuff appeared as well. But mm-hmm. maybe that's just coincidence. Maybe that's just kind of people that were making them as well. It's hard to fucking know, it's, to be honest with you. It's very now, hard I to know. Do you remember seeing back where, like it must have been in the 90s, um, there was like, they used to have those UFO programmes and you know what's so funny like they used to have like here's a here's a video it was always American as well and it'd be like here's a video of uh, a UFO sighting that happened and da 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 and like looking back now like some of them that were faked were like the CGI was so bad that you'd just be like oh right but at the time CGI was just a brand new thing so you were like well it must be real but I do actually remember seeing one that was near Stonehenge and it was like these little white like little like bright shiny objects and it was like a sunny day and somebody was filming this this crop this field from afar and they seen these like white things like around the field and then they just were like kind of making these weird circle patterns like just quite low to the crop and then uh, crop circles just appeared in the field like just materialised and then they just shot off that's so crazy like, why are why are they doing that <laughs> why like, like why are they just for, if, if it like, even is UFOs like we, are we just too why? stupid like, to understand what they're trying to say with the crops because they're like we've been saying it for years lads we've been saying that Covid has been coming for years can you not read the crop circles and we were like no sorry dropped out of school before <laughs> I fin- got my certificate don't know don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel, I I feel know, like it's, that. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Like it's like, but maybe it's just something we just can't comprehend. Like maybe it's something. Beyond. Obviously, we can't see the two of us yeah. trying to comprehend it every week on this podcast. Speak but for um, yourself, please, Andrew, uh, speak for yourself and Roisin, please. <laughs> <laughs> there have been whole books written about um, the Warminster thing and Stonehenge, as in like joining the two of them together, saying that it's not a coincidence that the two of them are in close uh, proximity to each other and that Stonehenge yeah. is part of why these things keep appearing in that area. But, you know, like I couldn't read all that book this week, lads, if uh, you want a late Christmas present from Santa get on to your significant other but I will say this what we've had a great response to the last Ask Will Anything of the year and I'm just going to have to say there Roshida Merry Christmas to jingle jingly jingly bells Happy Christmas it's Ask Willie Anything Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh my God, thank you, Michael Bublé, for coming in. They wheel you out every Christmas. You may now return to Under the Stone, where you live for the rest of the year. <laughs> Fucking hell. Thank you. <laughs> Carlos Cayazo was the first to get in touch with us, and he says, William, what is the most terrible Christmas gift you have ever received? If it was something from Annie Gan, just whistle twice and ignore the question. Okay. Now, me and Annie don't really do Christmas presents, do we? We never really did got into that crack. No. Um, no, we didn't. No, no. I think probably the worst. First Christmas presents I would have got would have been I won't say that you know, I won't say who gave them to me that's not very fair but uh, they would have just been like bet down no thought put into them you know like one year I got a toolbox <laughs> you know like, I think you can probably gather from the podcast that I do not care for a toolbox um, so that was equivalent to a smack in the face um, but you know a gift is a gift and I suppose I don't know what else to say oh god almighty oh god almighty you'd be like giving you Annie well. a fucking you sponge well. to wash yourself do you know what I mean it's that same level <laughs> you may as well give Mariah Carey a pair of running shoes what <laughs> Jennifer Walker Causes says Will where do you see yourself in 30 years Hi Jennifer my darling Uh, 30 years 30 years time I'll be 65 uh, Nearly 66 Um, Good question Ideally I would see myself Living quite healthily Um, Probably maybe not in Ireland I'd love to Like, I think I'd like in my older coming into my older years to be living like somewhere a bit warmer and just a bit more chilled and like working at something that was relaxing or maybe something totally different than what I'm doing now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You'll be in a home with me getting your nappy changed. <laughs> Mac Heather says, Fucking does hell. Annie have any rede- does Annie have any redeeming qualities? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, but worth a shot asking. Hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you so much, Mac Heather, and all the same to you. And uh, um, redeeming qualities for me? Um, well, I know this question was asked to Annie about me last week and she wrote a scathing review of me basically so um, I won't stoop to her level I'll say redeeming qualities about Annie she's she's always up for a laugh and a giggle and um, she's great with people um, and she <laughs> she is reminiscent to a magpie which I believe we have all evolved from if you don't know what I'm talking about you need to join our Patreon and listen to this week's episode um, and she yeah she'd spot something shiny from about 52 <laughs> kilometres away and swoop down and peck at it until it was hers next question Tanya Middleton says oh no sorry Trish Arnold says what do you love to spend your time doing other than winding Annie up on the podcast of course Merry Christmas and a Merry Christmas to you Trish thank you so much oh Merry Christmas to you Trish thanks for your question what do I love spending my time doing oh I'm so bad I don't really have that many hobbies uh, which is bad because I kind of fixate on on to this business so that's just taken over my life which is very boring but I'm kind of feel like I'm coming out of that tunnel now which is good I enjoy like outdoor stuff really mm-hmm. now not as in like sporty stuff mm-hmm. like I like mm-hmm. I like obviously like growing things and like plants and stuff like that um, I do have bees mm-hmm. and I love kind of natural like therapy stuff really I do have an mm-hmm. interest in stuff like that and it's something that I want to kind of get more into um, and I would love to get into like more like energy maybe kind of typey stuff as more of like a hobby mm-hmm. side of things not something that I probably would go into full time and I do have a sleep podcast which I set up a long time ago and haven't put much thought into but it is definitely a goal of mine for 2022 to develop so um but probably more as in like a relaxation and um Mind, mindful cuter will in a year with dreadlocks down his back wearing clown pants saging somebody dancing around Newgrange up to my neck in ayahuasca yeah uh, absolutely um, Danny Middleton says Will what are you looking for in a man I worry about you being on your own oh, I will summon one from the universe for you sweetheart I can't promise he might not be a bit possessed <laughs> uh, well, thank, thanks so much for uh, for for your question and for some for offering to summon a boyfriend to me I had like since my last boyfriend I haven't really been I haven't really been looking to go out with somebody in fairness and because of there again setting up the business and mm. my situation like moving back home and like we discussed earlier like not driving and stuff like that which if COVID would ever fuck off and I can the whole finally, global pandemic yeah I hadn't yeah. really been wanting to kind of like I'd speak to Annie about guys and stuff like that but I'm not really wasn't really in the mindset to actually date somebody but I feel like I kind of am starting to know who what type of guy would I like to go out with somebody who's definitely laid back 
like is funny gets the humor that i think all of us kind of share within the podcast and if you're a fan of the show you probably be somebody that me and annie would get on with and have a laugh with mm-hmm. um um somebody that um yeah it's just laid back chill uh funny is like ambitious and like has some sort of goals and wants to build mm-hmm. something not just in it for themselves i think that's a good description Absolutely. Oh, I think that's really good. And by the way, Tanya, for your summoning process, whatever this manifestation process, absolutely gorgeous. Please. Oh yeah. Actually, in- interested on this on the manifesting thing. Actually, I, there was a girl I worked with really quickly. I worked with, and the two of us were single at the time. And we used to the secret had just come out, and we used to on our drive on our drives home. She used to drive home, and we used to pretend this is actually mental now that I speak it out loud we used to pretend that we had boyfriends and we'd speak about like that they were real mm-hmm. so we'd be like we'd be like oh like what does your fella do and she would describe what he does and she'd ask me what's my fella do and this is so weird but now that I think about it, actually she's now going out with a guy to probably get married she's got two kids with a guy who is a mechanic and I m- my next boyfriend after we did this I used to say that your man was a chef, like this imaginary character, and he he ended up being a chef, which was really weird. But then he did end up being a prick, and that ended in fire and brimstone. Yes, well, you didn't specify that in the manifestation. No, I just I want didn't. to say that you got what you asked Danny, for, Will. You, you got yeah, what you I, asked for, you yeah, say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 Sarah Shreve says, Will, what will you be leaving out for Santa this Christmas Eve? Will you be leaving out milk and cookies, beer and pretzels, or wine and cheese? Oh, not beer and pretzels anyway. And sorry, what was the first one? The line's bad. M- milk and cookies. Oh, yeah. Co- between the milk and the cookies and the wine and the cheese, mm, I'm going to go with milk and cookies because it depends on the wine. It kind of repeats on me. And I do like a good mm. cheese, so it was a close second, but it definitely is milk and cookies because I can, I can stomach them even though milk isn't the best with me. I tell you one thing. And we'd be sharing it. I tell you one thing, there better be fucking wine and cheese when I get there. Now, Karen Hobart says, star or fairy on top of the Christmas tree? Happy Christmas, guys. Happy Christmas, Karen. Happy Christmas. Um, a fairy. I, I like a fairy on top of the tree. Absolutely, you do. Joe Williams says, what position do you lie in when you're going to sleep? Curled up like a little mouse, scared of all the beasties you tell us about on the podcast? Or like an Irish version of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, daring an incubus to come and have its wicked way with you? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um, Sleep positions I usually sleep on my side A little bit curled up in a, like, a, in, like a mouse But it's after playing Havoc With my posture And mm-hmm. my back And my back some bits And I As someone once described When I go to bed I go to sleep But I do not rest yeah, you are a bit like that as well. Yeah, you're. I wake up in pain every fucking day. Uh, yeah, my sleeping position is probably horrendous. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Chiropractor once <laughs> told me that like pillows are the death of people, and we should all sleep yeah. on a really hard mattress with no pillow on our back. Yeah. Now, to me, that yeah. sounds like hell, but that's what you got to do. Kyra May says, "Who do you think would win in a fight to the death, Annie or Roisin? <laughs> Oh, I'd say Annie because, you, like most, well probably all of you haven't actually met Annie in real life but she has 
she has hands on her <laughs> that could end you by scratching you to Absolutely. death and those I've experienced <laughs> like I've experienced the scratches <laughs> and the slaps and she she puts a full force slap like you wouldn't believe like it's it's like it's it's like as if someone took a leg off and hit you with their leg. Like it's full yeah, on. bitch got moves. Vanessa Everly says, "Do you have any New Year's resolutions or goals? Do tell if you're going to start a tarot hotline." <laughs> Will has been um, Will has been like trying some of his uh, his um, medium like tarot moves out on us lately. Uh, you you do got the voice for it. In fairness. Oh, thanks very much. New Year's resolutions. Uh, probably be a little bit more healthier. Um, than what I was this year. Um, I had to get on the road finally and go back out and possibly dating again if the <gasps> fella comes oh along. Uh, no, to be oh no, no, to be a lot more sociable, as in like go to gigs and stuff. I was saying this to Annie already. Um, and just yeah, kind of go back holiday yeah. and, and kind of feel like yeah, I've we want to get out. out. Actually, which is really yeah. really weird. I um seen a thing that Capricorns all you Capricorns out there 2022 is supposed to be a very good year for Capricorns oh well you've been waiting a long time might as well have one year that's good for you basically it's my comeback album guys and it's a pop funk album and I'm, I have a number one hit single on the run here <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Mary New Melodian says what podcast do you listen to oh Jesus, I'll be here all day oh I think this has been asked a few times um, what podcasts do I listen to? Okay, so I listen to I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I listen to um, Alaska and Willem's podcast, which I oh my god, it's gone out of my fucking head now. Just that's so bad. Sorry, I listen to that every week. Um, I listen to Emma on Real Life Ghost Stories. I love I love um, Emma. And we love you, I Emma. Listen to her all day. Been listening to the Dropout, which I'm kind of getting bored of now, and she's finishing up. I listened to Sweet Bobby. I listened to This Paranormal Life. I listened to the Heal podcast, Oprah, because I just love her voice. Then I'll kind of like listen to just, you know, series like mm-hmm. ones that'll be like seven episodes and then I'll mm-hmm. flick off. Um, it takes me a while to get into something. I listen to We Need To we need to talk about ghosts with Kevin and I listen to Super Duperstitious and I listen to, I don't know, I'll kind of throw them on because I'm sure they have an episode every week and usually it's like one every day of the week. So that gets you through the week really and throw it on when I'm working away. It does and you have to listen to me the rest of the time. Jeffrey Jameson says, will you be visited by Santa or the Krampus? I hope Santa the Krampus I'd be terrified and uh, the next time you'd fucking see me <laughs> I'd be probably as white as a ghost and cross-eyed and be speaking like well judging on whether you've been naughty or nice I think it very much is the Krampus that's coming to you and Louise Emery finally says it's not a question but it's lovely she says have a very Merry Christmas Annie and Will and thank you so much and thank you to all of you sending questions Thanks. this week and we hope that you all have a healthy and happy Christmas and Thanks that so you know much, that guys. we're just happy able Christmas. to sh- yeah thank you and you're yeah, just able to shake off some of the worries of the year and have a really nice time for ourselves and 
This is a final Christmas bulletin coming in here to Opelie's Bazaar Bollocks. Unusual Christmas ornament finds its way into the stores and hearts of Massachusetts residents. Yes, it's an unusual sight. A glass pickle hiding in the depths of the pine branches of a Christmas tree, awaiting a curious child to pluck it out and hold it up for all to see. The child who finds it opens the first gift and gets an additional present, or better yet, a year of good luck. The exact reward is debatable. Three years ago, I bought a plastic cucumber ornament for my mom at a Dollar Tree store and she thought it was very funny. I said, why am I putting a pickle in the tree? And she said, when you put it in the middle and when people have to walk in and they find the pickle in the tree. (laughs) My mom has no idea of the roots of this tradition and neither did I. Legend has it that the Christmas pickle tradition originated in Spreewald, Germany during the 19th century among impoverished locals who couldn't afford ornaments or to buy their children gifts. Instead, they hung real pickles on their trees and the first child to find them would get a piece of cake or a loaf of bread. Despite the tradition's seemingly German heritage, a 2016 poll found 91% of Germans had never heard of this tradition. German-American soldier John Lower was fighting in the Civil War when he was badly injured. He recovered from his wounds after eating his favourite snack, a pickle, and commemorated his good fortune by hanging one on his Christmas tree the next year. There are lots of different ways to do the pickle ornament. In one house, you hide it, and the first person that if gets it gets a dollar. Time, I'm going to <laughs> in Germany... The last decoration placed on the Christmas tree was traditionally always a pickle, carefully hidden in the boughs. And whichever observant child found it on Christmas Day was blessed with a year of good fortune and a special gift. And me and William very much hope that you find a pickle on your Christmas tree this Christmas morn. That's all from... I hate pickles. (laughs) Billy's Bizarre News. Please join us next year for more Bizarre News. I'm getting you a pickle. I'm actually just getting you a pickle for Christmas. I like a pickle. This is a thing that divides nations, right? Like if you're pro-pickle or anti-pickle. I fucking love a pickle and I love a pickle on a burger. Oh yeah, give me that shit all day long. Oh, stop. You're a horrible person, Annie. A pickle on a burger. Gorgeous. That is correct. <laughs> no one asks for a pickle on a burger. If they get it, they go, oh yeah, grand, whatever. I might pick this off. Gherkins as well. I bet you fucking love gherkins. You want to look at yourself in the mirror, Annie. And you want me standing over your shoulders to tell you what you really think yourself. Because I'll be the voice in your head, but after manifesting to behind your shoulder. <laughs> Can I have my pickle now, please? Listen, we want to say... Well, you can have your pickle. Look at you, with your slippy pillow. With your, with your droopy pillow breasts on you. You dirty, dirty man. What I would like I'm for joking. Christmas 2021 is just a little uplift of the boobs. Like, they're big and they're starting to... What would you say, what would you say behind me in the bit. mirror? What would you say behind me I'd in I'd be like, do it. Do it. Just end it. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> we would like to say oh, a big, huge Christmas God. thank you to all of our friends and especially all of our Patreons who have kept us going through this crazy, crazy year. Um, there will be a Patreon every week coming in the next few weeks and the main episode will be back with you sometime mid-January. Um, thanks so much for supporting the show. Sorry, I'm just still in shock that you've told me to kill oh, myself. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, everything. Uh, well, no, like you, you asked me a question, and I'm not going to lie to you at Christmas time. But like, I'll do the podcast for another while if you're thinking of hanging around. This is why um, we need a break. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll be back mid-January. Well, one of us will be back. We'll see who survives. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Hey, let me say a Merry Christmas to them, you railroading bitch. As Annie said, thanks so much for all your support this year um, and have an absolutely gorgeous Christmas. Um, And I know someone did mention actually about the Zoom call thing there on Facebook, which we definitely want to start doing in the new year. Um, It is something we want to do. Someone also said video, video episodes, um, which can be a bit hard to do because we'd want to do them with a good quality yes. because we don't uh, live together and it's hard Stop to like Stop rambling on about bullshit there Shut up and put your Shut <laughs> up and fucking put on a sports bra will you? <laughs> I am off to take my bra off It's Christmas and I will not be wearing one for a remainder of the holidays you a fucking new dog collar for <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> to everyone who supported us during the year and join us next year for more mysteries Sorry, I just want to say thanks for everybody supporting us this year. Oh, where the fuck up? Get out of my I'm joking. That was a joke. I will upend you. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.